Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Romans chapter 5 is where we are today. Those of you who've been with us a long time know that Romans 5 is one of my favorite passages for several reasons, but today we'll just get right into the scriptures here. Paul has just talked about how to come into the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ. It is an act of faith and not on the basis of how well you can perform. How many of you are glad of that? It's not on the basis of how well you can perform. It is on the basis of God's grace received by faith. Therefore, chapter 5, verse 1, having been justified by faith. What does it mean to be justified? It means to be declared not guilty. Say, but pastor, I am guilty. But God has declared you not guilty through Jesus Christ. To be justified means to be in God's eyes just as if I'd never sinned. You can't make yourself get to a point to where God will accept you. He is totally holy and righteous. He has already decided in His love that motivates and reaches out to you in grace, and we'll explain that in a minute. He has decided to see you in Christ, and he has decided that in Christ Jesus you have been justified, declared not guilty, and therefore, in his eyes, you have been put in a place in Christ. I've said this many times over the years. This right here represents you, and this right here represents Christ. God can't see you except seeing Christ. You are in Christ. I said you are in Christ. And we are justified, declared, not guilty in His eyes. Notice He says, by faith. God is the one who justifies faith is that that means by which you lay hold of what God has already done. One reason Holy Communion is so powerful is because God saw you when He saw Jesus at the cross. You were there. The Bible says you were crucified with Him, you were buried with Him, and you were raised with Him. You were there. In the eyes of God, which is the only eyes it matters, in the eyes of God, you were there. And by faith, you receive what He did for you at the cross. God is the one who justifies, not your faith. Faith is the means by which you lay hold of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is out of sight in this building, there are powerful engines that heat and cool 120,000 square feet in this massive building. That is 
That is what heats and cools this building. But there's something in the walls that runs through wires that you can't see. And it's called electricity. And that's what lays hold of what those massive units can do. God has justified you because he chose you. He saw every choice you were ever going to make and chose you anyway. That's grace. And God has decided to see you that way in Christ. And it is faith by which you reach out and take hold of it that turns the switch on. God has that in place. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But it is by faith. You have a part to play to decide by the grace of God to believe and therefore receive that which God has done for you. And therefore we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by what? Wait a minute. Are you, are you looking? By what? By faith to what? You have access by faith to how God sees you. You're justified, declared not guilty. God has, dear Jesus, the grace of God. By faith, you also enter into grace in which you what? This grace in which we what? And rejoice in hope that is the power of God. It is a spiritual force. There are three spiritual forces available to you. Faith, hope, and love. 1 Corinthians 13 lets us know that. Hope is that spiritual force in you that always reaches for something better. That force in you that always reaches, it's connected to life. When you lose hope, you lose life. When you lose hope that your marriage is going to make it, you use, your marriage dies. When you lose hope that your business is going to somehow get up out of where it is and go where you want it to, when you lose hope, something dies. When you lose hope, you're on your way out of this place because it's what sustains life. Hope. We rejoice in hope of what? The glory of God. What's the glory of God? What is glory? Glory is the outward manifestation of something that cannot be seen. What does the Bible say? The heavens and the earth declare the what? Glory of God. Have you been to the seashore? Have you looked at the mountains? Have you looked at the majestic skyline, the sun and moon and stars? They are declaring that somebody created this that is unseen. But there is manifestation that it has been done by an unseen person. We flip the light switch on today. The glory of electricity manifested itself through light. The Bible says God, no one has seen God at any time, but the glory of God is manifested 
through what is seen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The manifestation of the unseen. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we have access by faith into this grace. Let's define grace. Grace in the New Testament is the word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S in the Greek. It means two things. It means favor, supernatural, unrelenting, undiminished, unconditional favor. And it also means supernatural ability. So whenever you see the word grace, begin to translate it God's favor and God's ability. It'll change the way you see the Bible. Grace, God's favor and God's ability. God has decided to see you, not on the basis of your performance, but on the basis of his own love for you. He has decided to see you in a place of favor. Now hold your place there and turn to the right to Ephesians chapter 1. Here's my question for us the rest of our time today. Do you see yourself in grace? God says you are standing in grace. If you by faith have received the Lord Jesus as your Savior and Lord, God says that He sees you in grace. Are you still seeing yourself on the basis of your performance rather than His grace? Are you still seeing yourself through the lens of what you were taught growing up that you got to do something for God to be proud of you? Let me tell you, God is already proud of you because what He did in Jesus Christ. Verse 3, chapter 1 of Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Are you in Christ? So what does that mean you've got? Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Yes or no? Just as He, God, chose us in Him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Is Jesus holy? Is He blameless? Are you in Christ? Well, then how could God see you any other way? Oh, I'm just an old, dirty, rotten sinner. Well, that may be the way you act, but that's not how you look to the Father. And if I act differently than the way I am to the Father, that's my problem and not His. Amen? Having predestined, that is, set a, set a destination for us to be adopted into His family. See, by nature we were sons of Adam. We were daughters of Adam. But we have been adopted through Jesus Christ as His sons and daughters. 
according to the good pleasure of His will. What does that mean? God chose you to be blessed with every spiritual blessing, to be seen as holy and righteous and blameless in Christ because the good pleasure of His will. You know what that means? Because He wanted to. Everybody say it with me. God chose me because He wanted me. God, give us a revelation of that. He didn't choose you because how much you could possibly do. He didn't choose you. He didn't choose you because of your potential that somehow you'd get it right. He chose you because he wanted to, because he was absolutely in love with you and gave you the grace to believe and receive the free gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you ever get over that, you're in deep trouble. I don't understand that, Pastor. Well, who does? Look, can I tell you something? You're going to spend eternity understanding a little bit more of the magnificent love and grace of your Father. You're going to spend eternity and never exhaust it. Wow. Now notice what else he says here. According to the good pleasure of his will is why he did it. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his what? All right, what we got here? The glory means the manifestation of his grace. What does that mean? His favor and his supernatural ability. By which it was by his grace that he made us accepted in the beloved. Who's the beloved? Jesus. How accepted are you before God right this very minute? How accepted are you? He made you accepted in the beloved. How accepted is the beloved? Well, then how could you be anything less than accepted? That doesn't mean that everything I think and say and do is acceptable. But in Christ, I am accepted, embraced, received on the basis of what Jesus has done for me. It's grace that did it. Go on to verse 7. In Him, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of His what? His favor and ability, which He's made to abound to us. See, the Word says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. They lost their grip over you. All things become new, and you know why? Verse 21 says that God made Him, Jesus, who never knew any sin, to become sin on your behalf so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus took your sin and gave you His righteousness. And if you don't receive that deal, something is really wrong with you. But pastor, if I really believe that, then does that give me a license to do anything that my flesh wants to do? The Word is very clear on that in Romans 6. God forbid, shall we continue to sin? 
Shall we continue to sin having received the grace of God? Look, the grace of God doesn't give you a license to sin. The grace of God amazes you and sustains you and motivates you to walk in obedience. If your father says to you, in all your wanderings and disappointments and embarrassments, if your father wraps his arms around you and says, I love you, I want you, enjoy all of my inheritance, do you slap him and spit on him and say, I don't want that? The grace of God motivates and sustains and amazes. It's like a divine magnet. The more I pursue the Lord has everything to do with how much I begin to understand of the love and grace of God. That's what draws and motivates me. God, give us greater revelation of your love and mercy and grace. Let's look at Romans 5 again. Let's look at verse 17. You say, well, Pastor, I seem to be mired and stuck in my own circumstances and situations. Do you know that the problem with most of us as believers is that we define how God feels about us based on our present circumstances or the inner state of our own obedience or disobedience? Did you all hear that? We seem to define how God feels about us based on our own present circumstances rather than the Word of God. The Word's not going to change. It's my own feelings and circumstances that are subject to change. Verse 17, the discussion here is about what Adam, how, how we receive from Adam the spiritual genetics that leads us to sin. We had to make the choice, but we were born spiritually in the spiritual genetics of rebellion because of Adam. God did something about that. If by the one man's offense, that is Adam, death reigned through the one, that is through Adam, we were born physically alive but spiritually dead, much more those who receive. What's the word? Receive. Notice he didn't say those who achieve. He said those who receive. Those who receive the abundance. Abundance means more than enough. Those who receive more than enough grace and who receive, embrace the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Are you in life right now on this earth? Yes or no? Is the life of Jesus in you? Why don't we get serious about this wonderful invitation and recognize that regardless of our circumstances, if I will receive the abundance of His favor, the abundance of His ability, and the gift of His righteousness, I can't achieve it, I receive it, then whatever I go through, I have supernatural favor from God, which puts me in a position to have supernatural ability to go through successfully anything I have to, which means that if I receive the abundance, the favor, and the ability of God, and the gift 
of righteousness. God has chosen to see me holy and righteous and blameless. I will reign in life. There is nothing that, can, that life can use to run over me that I will not reign over in Christ Jesus. That's not happy talk. That's the Word of God. Wow. Do you see yourself in grace? No, 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 no. Did you get up this morning and say, I'm blessed and highly favored of God. I'm God's daughter. I'm God's son. Or did you get up and say, man, it's cold out there. I wonder if I ought to even go. (laughs) See, you're already reigning in life by overcoming the elements today. (laughs) You talk to your own body and got yourself up here. Amen. Look. Reigning in life has everything to do to seeing yourself, that you are blessed and highly favored. Well, what about if I have a plate full of problems that just have me by the throat? More than ever, you need to recognize and get revelation that you're blessed and highly favored. Do you know that the blessing and the favor of God and the ability of God has absolutely nothing to do with your present circumstances? Your circumstances hadn't changed a thing. This is what God has chosen to see you as. And the more we succeed has everything to do with how we see ourselves as God sees us. Blessed and highly favored. Supernatural ability that God has given me. Some of you have incredible opposition in your business. Why don't you commit that business anew and afresh to the Lord and get up every day praying, recognizing that you are blessed and highly favored by God. He can do things that none of your customers can do. No world order can do. God Almighty has blessed and highly favored you. Just stay right where he's put you and recognize that his view of you is not going to change. You're blessed and highly favored. And that means that even when you go through these difficulties and all through these tribulations, that there is a power on the inside of you that is going not just to get through, but is going to prevail. I look around this room today, and I see people all over this room who've gone through heartache after heartache after heartache after heartache after heartache. Things that the world would say would be tragic. And I see people in this room today who haven't just gotten through, they have prevailed. You know what made you prevail? The favor and the ability of God. Sometimes the only measure of success is whether or not you get up in the morning because you believe that you're blessed and highly favored, and he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. There are no great champions in grace that haven't gone through some stuff. I would never appoint a leader in this church who hasn't gone through some stuff. 
It's not the absence of issues that make you great. It is how do you respond when life runs you over. Do you see yourself in grace? Do you really believe that you're blessed and highly favored? Do you get up and actually believe and say that you're a magnet for the grace of God today? You're irresistible to the Father who loved you and chose you. How could you not be? Do you ever remind yourself that He is absolutely in love with you? His grace has been poured out in your heart? That He has deemed you holy and righteous in His own Son? That He chose you to know Him? Do you absolutely get up and remind yourself that nothing could come into your day that He has not already seen and provided the way to win? It's grace, the favor, and the ability of God. Well, pastor, sometimes that grace doesn't sound too much like it is overcoming. I remember 2 Corinthians 12. You remember there where Paul asked the Lord, he had something called a thorn in the flesh. And you know what? A lot of people think they've got it figured out. The truth is none of us really know what that was, but it had Paul by the throat. And he asked the Lord over and over again. He said three times, can you, no, wait a minute now. Here's a man that God used to write 13 books of the New Testament. You think the Father would listen to him? He said, I asked the Lord three times to let this oppressive thorn in my flesh to be removed. And Jesus said, Jesus said to him, my grace, my favor, my ability is sufficient for you. Is more than enough to get you through whatever this challenge is. Now some people have mistakenly taught that that proves that there is no divine healing. Can I remind you of something? Paul lived another 10 to 12 years, and his ministry was not impeded at all. In fact, he didn't die of disease. He was beheaded under the edict of Nero, the emperor of Rome. So don't try to come up with that nonsense. The truth is, whatever it is in life that has us in its grip, the grace of God is more than enough. More than enough to prevail. I want to close today by going to Hebrews chapter 4, and I want to remind you of a wonderful promise that is magnificent, it is sure and steadfast. If you're dealing with guilt or fear or condemnation, if life has you by the throat, I encourage you to make Hebrews 4, verse 14 through 16, your friend. 
Seeing then, verse 14, that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. What does a high priest do? Wait a minute now. Jesus, everybody say it with me. Jesus is my high priest. Do you remember what the high priest does? He does two things. He makes an offering for sin. And he pronounces blessings on those who come to him. We got the first part down. We just don't live in the second part. You've got a high, listen, you've got a high priest right now before the throne room of God and he is making an offering for your sin and he is praying blessing over you. Hallelujah, I just got some chill bumps. Thank you, Lord. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. You're in pain, you're in good company. But he was in all points tempted as we are. That word tempted, tested, tried. He was in all points tempted, tested, and tried as we are, yet without sin. He never succumbed to getting outside of the will of God, not one time in word or deed. Let us therefore, since we have someone before the throne of God Almighty who is praying for us, interceding for us, blessing us, let us come boldly to the throne of what? Translate to the throne of favor and ability. Let us come boldly to the throne of favor and ability that we may obtain mercy and find, translate, favor and ability to help us in time of need. I can't go a day without a time of need. Can you? If you can, pinch yourself. You may be dead and don't know it. We can come before the throne of God and find favor and ability. When you're out there in that vehicle, when you, when you feel stuck in your job, when you don't think anybody's ever listening, when you think this is, over, this is overwhelming, when those thoughts attack you about your demise, you need to know that there's someone praying for you before the throne of God right now. He is, he is ministering to you right now and he is releasing favor and ability on your behalf favor and ability well i don't know why i get stuck where i am it may feel like you're stuck but if you are connecting with god's favor and ability you are right on time and there's nothing that has stuck you that he can't unstuck amen Let's all stand. Are you standing in grace? Right now, before the Lord, in this quiet moment, would you just say to the Lord, I, forgive me, Lord, for losing the consistent witness that out of your love has flown 
explode your grace and I am a recipient of it. Forgive me for determining how you feel about me based on my present circumstances or even my past experience. We live in a fallen world, folks. He's not an afflictor. He's a healer. But he also doesn't desire robots. He desires people who, by his grace, will choose to obey him. Would you just ask the Lord not only to forgive you, but to give you greater revelation that you are blessed and highly favored? And that you have supernatural ability given you by grace. That whatever you're going through, if he doesn't remove what you're going through, he will give you more than enough grace to go through it. But you need to understand this. If he doesn't immediately remove it, it will not define your life. The thorn in Paul's flesh was not immediately removed. But grace flowed into that place. Grace flowed into that place where he was broken. So that his testimony became his strength is made perfect. In my weakness, therefore, I will gladly glory in my weakness that he might be proven to be strong. Would you join me this week in a passionate cry to the Lord to give you greater revelation of His love and His grace. Father, in the name of Jesus, take us into a deeper level of revelation that we may receive grace and that having received it, we may be able to give it Use us to be carriers of that grace that we might encourage and affirm and endorse those you put into our lives that builds them up by your love and grace. In the name of Jesus, amen. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being here today. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com. Dot com.